0: Hello and welcome to Army of Crime, the Internet's only podcast. On this episode, uh, Matt, you wanted to talk about this comic book that is called Batman. However, and I hope everyone is sitting down for this, the catch is, is that this Batman comic book was made in a country other than the United States of America, namely the country of Japan. It was written and illustrated by... Jiro Kawata, and was created in the mid-60s as part of the so-called Batmania craze that was prompted by the popularity of the Adam West-starring Batman television show.
1: Right, right. So yes, uh, my name is Matt. I am also on this show. Um, yes, I, 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 was, I was intrigued by it. I was intrigued by it because it seemed like a little bit of pop culture oddity. And I was I was intrigued. I was intrigued by Batmanga as it is sometimes rendered.
0: Yeah, I so said DC Comics for the first time released a collection of all of Jiro Kawada's Batman comic books in, in English translation under the title of Batmanga.
1: Yeah. So I thought it might be worth worth a uh, worth a read. So it's three volumes. Uh, it's like nine hundred some pages total. Um it's quite a few issues collected it's mostly black and white it's interesting it's interesting
0: matt i guess the question is yeah is this uh batman comic book was a shonen manga which is means it was part of the genre that was primarily tended toward a young male audience like you know roughly probably about the same age as a american batman comic book right yeah So with that in mind, would you say that this is an exceptional or high-quality comic book in its own right? Or is its primary value, as you mentioned previously, as a sort of pop culture curio?
1: That's a very good question. I feel like I want to lean more towards the second choice there. Um, It's kind of an interesting thing. It's kind of an interesting artifact. I, I did enjoy reading it. I, I thought it was sort of fun and whimsical. I don't know if I would go around recommending it to everyone necessarily, but I, I did I did enjoy reading it. What, it. what I thought was kind of fun about it was because it, it's kind of just like a fresh take on Batman that doesn't really have anything to do with any other Batman stories. It uses almost entirely, minus Clayface for some reason, It uses entirely new characters other than Batman, Robin, Alfred. Like, all the villains are completely new. Um, I guess it has Commissioner Gordon in it, too. Well, it
0: should be said as well that, and I believe this is listed in the last, at the end of the third volume, that all of these stories are roughly inspired by issues, uh, American issues of Batman. So,
1: Like, loosely adapted from... Yeah, very loosely
0: adapted from... Um, And I have not read, you know, I did not do like a comparison, but they seem to be yeah, pretty loosely adapted.
1: Yeah. And it just seems kind of a little bit of a fresh air, I guess, from from a superhero comic. Obviously we're looking at this through the lens of this is a DC property and, you know, Batman has all these different stories and there's continuity and there's this and there's that. And then you just, the thing that I thought was charming about it was, that it doesn't really bother with all that kind of stuff, right? He's kind of like a sci-fi detective, like a little, like a science fiction detective. And they have these little adventures. There's, like, Professor Gorilla, Lord Deathman, which is, like, a skeleton guy who can will himself to die at any moment. Um, There is stories with, like, mutants. Uh, He goes into a different planet at one point. Like, it's just kind of, like, fun little one-offs that... um, that are like little self-contained things that that kind of just lean into the concept of just like a science fiction detective, To be you know. Fair, and like,
0: uh, that's basically what Batman comic books were like in the fifties and sixties in America as well.
1: Right. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, I I just I just found it kind of charming. I don't know. I I I thought they were kind of fun. Like, it's like it's kind of the thing that the Batman '66 show does. Um, which is kind of a specific atmosphere of just trying to like be fun, and um, and just kind of kind of just like throw some stuff at you, you know. And they're not all winners, but like you know, like I said, there's Professor Gorilla. There is what are some of the other fun ones? There's the one with the mutants where they like discover mutant genes in people, and people are like changing into mutants. Um, there's kind of a a weirdly complex one called The Outsider, um, where Alfred turns. Alfred like switches bodies with someone and then turns into a supervillain who can control objects telepathically. Yeah, the other one, there's one called the Man Who Quit Being Human, uh, which is about a guy who turned himself into a mutant. Just kind of like oddball, like fun, like oddball stories, I guess. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of fun. I thought it was charming and whimsical. I think it captures what people kind of like about the Batman '66 show It's just that it has a lot of energy, and it. it's just kind of like moving forward. Um, and just kind of mixing it up. Does that, does that make sense?
0: I think so. I, I get what you're saying. So there were a few stories in here that I enjoyed as well, and some of them less so. You know, the biggest difference, I think, between this and... I, well, okay, so the biggest difference here is that the art is obviously done in more of, like, a shonen style and less of what you would expect from an American uh batman comic book at this time though the interview the the supplemental reading in these volumes talks about how this was more detailed than what uh giro Kawada was doing in some of his other titles so i think he it sounded like he did try to make an effort uh to adapt to like a more like detailed Style like an American reader might be used to in a Batman comic book, and of course, like you said, it's most mostly in black and white with the occasional color page uh, for flourish. But also, that these Batman comics have some humor in them, which is I would say probably almost completely missing from you know most American uh, Batman comics or most American superhero comics in general. Like yeah. there's there's one where they're trying to like rescue this guy and the guy's daughter is there and she keeps like punching Robin in the face. Yeah, yeah. Um, like over and over again. And that, that one got kind of a chuckle out of me. So you get a few kind of, and this is obviously more a trademark of shounen manga oh. with uh, just some kind of like silly slapstick style humor.
1: Uh, yeah. So
0: that's probably the biggest difference. I mean, those are would be the biggest differences between this and American Batman comics I think my favorite story was the one where most of these are just like there's a weird villain guy who wants to like blow up the world and do evil just because well
1: usually they're just trying to rob things it's a it's a lot of people really using their uh advanced um insanity slash goon squad slash whatever to like steal objects rob jewel stores
0: yes like rob banks and steal. You know, attack the Gotham Museum to steal the rare Thingamajig. Right. Um, the, but the, the one cool that I plate, kind of so. liked was yeah. the where there was a villain who, instead of being like one dimensional, was like two dimensional. Was the Revenge of Let me see the Revenge of Professor Gorilla. Uh, yeah. Which, first of all, I thought was cool. He Professor Gorilla, and also I would say Lord Deathman also has a really great costume. He's actually wearing, like, a, this, like, Phoebe Bridgers-style skeleton jumpsuit thing, but with, like, a freaky, like, skull mask kind of thing that's, like, maybe not really a mask. Ho, ho, ho. The, the other character I thought that had a really cool design was Professor Gorilla. He almost looks kind of like Mass Justice or Hooded Justice from Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of, like, all black. Let me pull the story up here.
1: Yeah. I liked um I like that one. I like yeah, like you said, Lord Deathman is a cool design. I think Grant Morrison didn't Grant Morrison put Lord Deathman in a in a in a in part of his Batman series. I believe he did. I believe he managed to stick Lord Deathman in there somewhere. I mean it's a great name. It's a great name. Great um there's a Yes, yeah.
0: Grant Morrison reused Lord Deathman, though I believe he changed it so that in this the reveal is that like Lord Deathman is actually using like the powers of of yoga to like fake his death. Whereas I think Grant Morrison actually made him like some kind of immortal supervillain of some yeah. sort. Um, what I was going to say about professor gorilla. So he is a, a gorilla who is temporarily given uh, some guys trying to use a machine to get gorilla strength, but then there's like a, a switcheroo and the gorilla gets human intelligence uh, as well. So, And then the gorilla seeks to avenge the wrongs done to him and to animal kind in general. And he's got this great outfit where he's got like a full like black mask covering his face with a white cape and white uh, gloves. And of course, because he's a gorilla, he's kind of like bowling ball shaped, but he's actually a pretty cool villain. So yeah, and he's got white boots and like a white belt, like on this like black outline. So it's a great like black and white, you know, character design um he's got these like huge white eyes and so he would fight he fights batman as you know the strength of a gorilla the intelligence of like a scientist but and then it becomes sort of a like i said he's trying to like right wrongs done to animal kind and so and he has this sympathetic backstory and he's trying to use this machine to continue to give himself human intelligence so he doesn't like backslide into just being a gorilla Kind of an interesting and sympathetic villain. So I enjoyed, that was probably my favorite of the stories in here.
1: Yeah, I did like that one. I like, I liked the mystery of the outsider is, uh, I don't know if you read that one. It's, it's pretty wacky. The wackiness levels start to get almost too high where this is the one where, where Alfred, uh, has through a series of circumstances that I will not try and summarize, uh, Alfred dies, but then turns out to be alive and then switches bodies. No, he he turns into a villain and someone else turns into Alfred's body. So there's like a body of someone. It, it's kind of strange. It's a very strange setup. And then the end result, I, I just liked it because it was so odd. Like it's this thing where Alfred turns into a mutant who can like control things with his mind, I guess. And then he's all scrambled up and they have to figure out how to put him back. Uh, it, it was just so odd. I just couldn't help but find it charming, I guess. Um, I also like the one where there's a one where Batman fights somebody called the Planet King, and this is you know it is a one-dimensional villain, um, and he's just using devices based on different planets. And each time he shows up, he has a different costume, and he and he looks like he kind of looks like like Silver Age like Starman, like yeah. he has a very like comic booky like I'm a science fiction uh, super villain or like a Power Rangers character or something um, costume, and he has all these like different gadgets. That do different things based on like the planets. It it just seemed like kind of a fun story, kind of upping the sci-fi level from where we, you know, coming in as a contemporary reader, where we expect Batman stories to be at. Uh, Like you said, there was an era of Batman where that was would would have been normal. But you know, coming in as a contemporary person, we don't expect we don't always expect to see that much sci-fi inside our Batman. If you see what I'm saying, and I also like. I also like the very last story. The very last story inv- involves an intergalactic uh, gladiatorial contest where Batman gets stuck on another planet. He's really drawing off of the think, um, yeah, like like that time period of Batman where it was like he could travel to other planets and have like alien adventures and meet aliens and then come back to Earth. So I like right. that one too. And Batman helps lead like a revolution against like an alien emperor.
0: Yes, uh, an alien despot uh, summons all these various people from different planets to fight for his deranged entertainment. And then Batman is one of those people and they like team up to like lead a revolt against the emperor. So that, yeah, that one is kind of enjoyable. The outsider one is interesting. If you look at the cover for that issue that's in color, you can see the outsider is green and he's wearing red pants and his skin is like, I don't know, it looks like the surface of the moon or something. And yeah, he there's is, a lot of
1: moving pieces in that one that I'm not sure where the inspiration comes from.
0: He is Alfred Pennyworth, who sacrifices himself to save Batman and Robin. And uh, a scientist uses a machine on him, but the machine like does some kind of reversal switcheroo so that the dead person comes back to life. And now instead of loving Batman and Robin, he hates them and wants to kill them and, and then control- the scientist is then given alfred's body causing a sort of befuddling mystery um, until eventually spoiler alert alfred is able to come back to life as his uh, normal self
1: yeah it has a good opening because he drops off at the Wayne manor two coffins that have batman and robin like mannequins inside and he can his, the outsider superpower seems to be that he can telepathically control any object that he has previously touched. Right. Which is, again, it's a, w- a weirdly specific superpower. So right. I got kind of kick out of that. I like the one too, where there's a, a series of robots that they're using to make, to pull crimes and they're like controlling them from afar. So you have these kind of like cool, uh, 1950s era, like sci-fi, like chunky robots that are that are doing crimes they're doing the crimes from afar like by remote control i kind of like that one too i don't know i I just liked it i thought it was it's 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 just wholesome fun dustin it's just wholesome fun there's a bat bazooka which i think needs to come out of the bat cave more often the bat bazooka if i was batman i would i would maybe keep that in the batmobile more often
0: there's definitely a few moments like that where you can see a lack of the same sort of editorial control where In an American comic book, you know, they wouldn't let Batman do certain things. And that is probably one of them. And also, like, they're fighting this, like, Loch Ness monster kind of T-Rex creature that's, like, living in a bay. And Robin just, like, pulls out a gun, like a rifle, and starts, like, shooting it. Which is probably not something that Robin would do in an American Batman comic book. You know, I would say that I don't think that these are bad. Like, if someone were, not that I'm an extra on, like, Shonen manga, but like if you wanted to read some shounen manga, I don't know, like Astral Boy, or I'm sure there's plenty of options that would probably be, you know, on the whole like better than this. I think that this is primarily of interest as, like when I was reading it, my primary, I think the thing that kept me interested was seeing the ways in which it veered from the established Batman mythos, and not only like in his behavior, but in the kind of like villains and the kind of like plots that they get up to. And then the ways that it would, you know, conform to various like Batman interpretations. Like you see there are panels of him like walking up the side of a wall with like a bat rope like he does in the 60s show and he's like driving the 60s car around. Um, So it's kind of fun to see those sort of things. And then Yeah, like you mentioned, like they will pull out guns and start shooting and stuff. And Batman does not seem to have any kind of like the same regard for not for human life that he often shows in the comic book. So I think that like it's enjoyable enough, but I do think that the primary interest is probably just watching the ways in which it veers away from and then back to, you know, the established rules of like an American Batman comic book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's fair. It, it's an interesting point to why these characters last so long, because you can do so many things with Batman. Right. You can do this. You can do other things. You can do Frank Miller. You can do, you know, whatever's coming out now. It, it It's kind of a testament to why pe- people find these characters neat, because I guess you can just kind of do anything with them. Right. Which is not necessarily unique to Batman, obviously, because you could do a lot of these stories with other types of characters, certainly. But but it is kind of a fun um, testament to that fact. And also just it's kind of an interesting novelty of how many different eras or like time frames of Batman there are, because when this was coming out, people I mean, the the intention was to tie into the Batman 66 show um, with Adam West, which was like the concept of Batman for a time for a long time right because that was what people people had watched it growing up as a kid or whatever like it was a big deal culturally the the Adam yeah, West Batman yeah it
0: was uh yeah like a pop culture behemoth at the time
1: yeah right and it, it i think it's an interesting testament to the the novelty of all the different eras of Batman because you have you know the Adam West Batman and there was a time period where Batman was doing a lot of uh, monsters and aliens right and then of course you have like the original Batman where he um is like more take off like the pulp characters like he's kind of a a version of the shadow or something like that and then you go all the way through you know Danny o'neill and the blue uh the blue cape where he's more of like a detective and he you know has a rashal Ghoul and stuff like that going all the way up till now and I, I think it's interesting just to kind of marvel at how many different things you can fit inside you know this one character that if we're being completely honest is not really all that original as a concept but you can do so many things with them and, and you mentioned you know the lack of editorial constraint right because it's kind of anything goes in these stories in a way that doesn't normally apply it's certainly not today i feel like they were looser on that in, in, in various periods of the past but certainly today they, they seem to keep a pretty tight lid on the things you can do in a batman story
0: like you can't have just like robin pull out a rifle and start blasting away
1: yeah, there's a point where somebody dies in Batman in this and Batman's just kind of shrugs. He's like, oh well.
0: Yeah, he's like good riddance or serves them right or something like that. Yeah. Whereas now Batman's like obsession with no one dying is is almost like a bizarre perversity in his character. And they also mm-hmm. won't always, you know, like nobody ever dies in Batman yeah. comic books because I mean if they do, they always come back.
1: Right. Right, and here you you just get to tell one, like one offs, where you, where you can just finish the story and that's it, and then you jump into something else. The only recurring character I think is Clayface, who is also the only character uh, that you would recognize from other you know other contemporary Batman comics or Batman stories.
0: Yeah, you know what and it- I know there are several different versions of Clayface. Is this? I feel I think this is like a fairly unique version of Clayface, but I could be wrong. Was this the same? version of Clayface that was in American Batman comic books at the time, or did they just make up a new character and call it Clayface?
1: That's a good question, Dustin. And I'm not sure of the answer. I believe there's actually, isn't there two Clayfaces in this story? In these stories, I think there's two Clayfaces. Um, Someone else I think takes on the Clayface identity at one point. One thing I actually liked about the Clayface stories in this is he turns into just like giant animals, like a giant beetle.
0: Yeah. He's more of like a a shapeshifter,
1: It's an interesting visual to have Batman just fighting like a giant beetle or a giant spider. You know what this kind of reminds me of, even though it's actually not that similar to it, is the Batman animated show. You remember the 90s Batman the Animated Series, which I felt was just another way of doing like Batman as a concept that is kind of like and I think what they have in common is it's like Batman, but it's like pared down. So you're kind of just getting like the essential elements. Um and, sure. and they're like relatively straightforward stories in like a little contained bubble, right?
0: I mean, can, to be fair, I feel like that's what the majority of Batman comic books have been probably throughout up until like the 1970s.
1: That's true because the the idea that everything has to be editorially and consistent and all tie into one never-ending mega story. With no one ever dying and everyone coming back, as as you, you you're right, is probably a relatively contemporary invention.
0: Yeah, because I think most of these comic books at the time were all one off stories. But yeah, I don't know that I would have thought of the Batman the animated series uh, comparison. But I guess I could see where you're coming from with that. They're both sort of like, uh, I mean, this is almost like a reinterpretation out of. I don't wanna say ignorance because that makes it seem like a negative thing, but it's like, just using the bare elements of it just because that's like the, the reference point. where Yeah, like, a, the, like
1: putting a fresh set of eyes on it.
0: Yeah, whereas the animated series was seem like a much more of like a intentional effort to create a so-called like classic version, like sort of synthesizing all of the good elements from previous interpretations.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Um so I think on the whole we're probably both in agreement that these volumes of Batmanga manga are an enjoyable read if maybe not necessarily like sterling highlights of shonen manga or of Batman but they are, you know, it's not a bad read and it is sort of a fascinating uh popular culture object.
1: Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed reading it. I'm I'm glad I read it. I thought it was fun. I think it could go in a batman collection i don't have much of a batman collection i guess but if if i did have a batman an extensive batman collection or something i think i, I think i would want it in there i would give it 1.5 thumbs up
0: it also tells stories that where the villain can be vanquished by smashing their science machine um, yeah there's, there's a lot of
1: science s- machines there's a lot of, of science those. machines um mad scientists
0: where i guess that's a good you know batman 66 he always had those cool machines like in the Batcave. so i guess it's uh kind of yeah with that
1: i like that their car is nuclear powered that's never really explained or um yeah.
0: well that's from the show too re-
1: relevant but yeah their car is nuclear powered i guess because sure um i was gonna say we didn't even talk about the phantom batman one where there's like a ghost
0: Oh, yes. Um, I did read that one. I cannot recall exactly what that ended up being about. It's a good
1: setup. They, they're they going by a haunted house, and then they just see Robin in, like, the window, and it's like a ghost. It, it's a it's a fun setup. You know, it's a good setup, and you get a full actually a full-page spread of them coming up on this haunted house.
0: Oh, yes, I do remember uh, thinking that that was uh, pretty nifty-looking. It's kind yeah. of probably an example of the more detailed style that the artist was kind of going for than you would normally see in, like, a in manga if
1: you will yeah right right right
0: um any other thoughts on Batmanga, manga matt
1: uh you know i like i just like that that grant morrison did bring little bits of it back when he was doing batman incorporated
0: yeah i believe he even named the batman of japan uh jiro after artists of these the uh, creator of these volumes the manga mangaka if you will yeah Well, that has been another episode of your favorite podcast, Army of Crime. Uh, Matt, what, what uh, if the people wanted to find us on the internet or on social media, how would they do that?
1: Uh, so we're at armyofcrime.com is our the show site. And then uh, I am on Twitter at Army of Crime. Dustin is at Dustin4444. Uh, you can find us on the internet and leave comments or tell us things again. leave us five stars on your pod catcher of choice
0: yeah put up some stars whatever yeah life's life's short spread the stars around
1: when you when you get five star reviews they let you over to the podcasting dungeon to see sunlight for a brief period of time yeah that's how it works
0: they stop beating you with the belt yeah well as always stay alive out there
1: It's what people do, podcast people,
0: podcasters, Um, casters of pod.
1: Are you okay right
0: now?